Would you join me in prayer? Father, at this time, it is really the cry of our hearts that everything else fade away. That we may gaze upon the beauty of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In this preaching moment, Father, I pray that you would speak through me that indeed everything else will fade away. For we will be solely focused on Jesus. We will keep our eyes fixed on the cross. We will lift up the name of Jesus. And we know that if the name of Jesus is lifted up, all men, women and child, will be drawn unto you. Father, may our hearts truly be drawn to you this afternoon, that everything else will fade away, because indeed the word of our Lord can make everything else fade away. Have your way this afternoon, O oh Lord. Have your way. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Just say amen. Amen. Um, while you are standing, would you please join me in reading Isaiah um, chapter 9, verse 6. Um, we have this series, um, this mini-series within the gospel according to Isaiah. Um, four name, uh, one baby, four names. One baby, four names. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's a verse that I would encourage you to, to memorize. Um, my daughter said, Daddy, that's the verse I memorized um, all, all last week. I said, yeah, you got to help me preach. She said, I will. So I have a witness this morning in case you guys are not my witness. Amen. This afternoon. Amen. Amen. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 reads as follows. For to us... A child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You may be seated. Uh, this morning, this afternoon, <laughs> my task is to cover wonderful counselor. So the sermon title is simply wonderful counselor. When my son, my youngest, um, Kyle, was born, we, as you can hear him being a witness, we sent an announcement to our friends. Um, we didn't really, I, I'm not sure if we put something on social media, but we said, um, Kyle Joseph Tima was born February 23rd, 2020. He was seven pounds and X amount of ounces. I don't remember anymore. And that was pretty much that. We said that mom and baby were healthy. We praise God. This was the extent of the announcement. When Prince George was born, his announcement was somewhat different because he is the third heir to the throne of England. 
There's Prince Charles, and there's Prince William, and there's Prince George. The moment that he was born, Prince Harry was pushed to the back. <laughs> See, people who get that understand this, because he was the next, he was the natural heir to the throne. So his announcement was different because the Queen of England um, put a whole uh, um, parlay, as they said, or a pericope about him and who was supposed to be, and so on and so forth. Now, when you and I were born, I'm pretty sure there was no announcement that was made. But I can tell you this morning, if you are paying attention and if you are with me, that the moment that you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, there was an announcement that was made that that David or Clevens or Taffy or whomever was a child of God. You were no longer under the bound of the enemy. You now become a child of God, which makes you, just as much as just if you didn't know about this, that makes you a prince or a princess of the Most High God. In other words, your title when you were born, the, when you were born again, the announcement that's made about you is greater than that of Prince George or Prince Williams or Prince Harry or whatever prince you can think about. In our text, Isaiah made an announcement about a child that was supposed to be born 700 years prior to the birth of the actual, actual child. And, and if, if you would bear with me before I get to the, to the titles, and, 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 and just so you know, uh, um, you know, cheap announcement, every Sunday till the, till the, for the month of December, we're going to cover one of those. So please do come so you can be part of that. But Isaiah made an announcement about Jesus 700 years prior to Jesus is born. Now, when a child is born, unless the kid of a royal background, you don't know what the kid's going to be. But here, the people are under siege. The people are dealing with the Assyrian. Now, they needed a word of hope. And Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is given. Here there's a dichotomy. There's a dichotomy that messed me up, that messed you up. Here when you said a child is born, we see that the son of men, the humanity of Christ. When they said a son is given, we see that the son of God, because now that's the divinity of Christ. Here is a child to be born. He is yet human, but yet fully 100% God. And you see that the dichotomy there because a child is born, speak of the humanity of Christ. A son is given, speak of the divinity of Christ. When we said a child is born, we see how it speaks of the uh, uh, um, importance of Christ, a son is given, it speak of the omnipotence of Christ. A child is born, speak of Christ having to be on earth to do his ministry. A son is given, said this, he is not from this earth because he's from heaven. That is what Isaiah quickly said from the simple phrase, a child is born, a son is given. It didn't stop there. It goes on to say it, the government shall be up on his shoulder. Praise be to God. It ain't no 45, 46, 44, 43. It's Jesus, the government, which means king of kings. Hallelujah. I know we got Republicans, we got Democrats, we got Haitians, we got Americans, but good news for you. You ain't got to be none of those. <laughs> because Jesus said, 
the government, Isaiah said that the government will rest upon Christ's shoulder, which means this, all kings and queens, all presidents, all potentates, all whomever, they bow down to King Jesus. I don't know why people are so bent over about Republican and Democrat. All I got to tell you is this. If you pray, you better pray that they bow down to King Jesus. Because if your guy or girl that does bow down to King Jesus, then guess what? They ain't nobody. Because it says this, the government shall be upon his shoulder. And then now Isaiah goes on to say, it says now, and his name. It then says his names. It says his name shall be called. Shall be called. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. This is my my assignment for this morning, for this afternoon. Wonderful Counselor. Now, it's, it's, it's interesting that a child who's yet to be born already been given a task. To fulfill. He will be wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor, that's what it is today. Somebody say it with me, wonderful. Somebody say it with me. Come on now, say it like you mean it. Wonderful counselor. Uh, now, before I get to all the counsels that you get, but let's let let's get this. Let's get this set right here. Wonderful, the word in Hebrew that means wonderful is the word pala. Right? It indicates a phenomenon lying outside of the realm of human explanation. In other words, something that cannot be explained is what is wonderful. Oh, you're not with me this afternoon, but that's okay. Um, people, everybody says, oh, this was wonderful. Well, what makes it wonderful? <laughs> you know, something that is wonderful is something that's unexplainable. And, and some even said that, Miracles are wonderful because miracles cannot be explained. Have you ever, can, can I preach right there? Have you ever seen somebody that the doctor said there's no hope for them? And then the people of God pray. The doctor of doctors touch them. The cancer that was is there no more. And then when, when they go for skin, for, 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 for skin, and the doctor says, I don't know. Let, let, let me give you a personal testimony. My mother, four years ago, had a heart failure. Uh, uh, um, every uh, uh, um, arteries were blocked. And, and I, I remember this. I was living in New Jersey. I flew down. I, I flew down, and, and I spoke to the doctor over the phone. I flew down because I, I, I'm the reverend. I, by default, I'm the leader of my family. I flew down, and I met with the doctor. The doctor says, um, well, the way that the, the, the skin shows that, that, that your mom's uh, uh, um, arteries are very small, because my mom, she's petite. She, she's about five, five feet tall, 110 pounds soaked and wet. She's, she's petite. So, 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 so the doctor says, because the, the arteries are small from the skin, the surgery will take a little bit longer and there's potential for complication. And I said, well, doc, um, you know, God is in charge. And it, it says, uh, um, it says, uh, um, your brother says, my brother who lives here, he says, your brother says, you're the reverend. I said, yes, indeed, I am the reverend. And I believe that God will help you, doc. God, God's going to make the difference for you. 
And I said, if you don't mind, I'm going to pray for you. He says, oh, sure, I need all the prayer I can get. And this doctor is world-renowned. He has all the degrees. He has board in New York. He has board down here. In California, is good. Well, four hours into the surgery, the doctor came out um, and said, I'm, it's done. And he said, well, something happened. Your mom's arteries were not as small as I thought they were which made the procedure a whole lot easier. What I'm trying to tell you is this. This is something wonderful because this is something that even the doctors cannot understand, cannot explain. That's what wonderful means. Wonderful is not just that you put your best outfit on and you're wonderful. No, you're not. You're just average. I mean, you're just beautiful. But you're actually beautiful. But when you talk about wonderful is when God takes something that cannot be explained and turn it into something that even you, you'd be like... That's wonderful. And, 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 and in Psalm 139 verse 6, it says this, Such knowledge, speaking of God's knowledge, is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. That is wonderful. That's what wonderful means. And when we think about this wonderful, I want you to get the context of this is what they mean. But this is what Isaiah means by our Christ being the wonderful counselor. Now, so it's, it's two words, right? So let me define counselor. So when it comes to counselor, um, and, and it's, um, this is what uh, uh, um, theologians said, in its historical usage, the word pictured a king giving counsel to his people. They would picture a king giving counsel to his people. When Solomon was anointed to be king, and God says, tell me what you want. Tell me whatever you want, I'll give it to you. He says, whatever you want. Okay, do you imagine if it was you and I? <laughs> give me Jeff Bezos' money. <laughs> give me, give me so-and-so's fame. Give me, that's probably what we would have asked, right? Give me enough money to fix Haiti. Amen, amen, right? That's probably what we would have said. But Solomon said, give me wisdom. Whoa, you missed that. Solomon said, give me wisdom. Because he asked for wisdom, God gave him everything else. Because wisdom is something that cannot be attained. Here, counsel. So, so, so it's a king giving counsel to his people. Micah, the prophet Micah. Amen. Amen. I told Micah I was going to use his name in the, in the message today. The prophet Micah, um, said like this, uh, in Micah 4 verse 9 it says this. Now, why do you cry? Allowed. Is there no king in your midst? As your counselor perish. When the people are in trouble, Micah is speaking prophetically, said to them, like, wait a minute, what's your problem? I mean, what are you huffing and puffing about? That, that, that's why when, when, when political events happen, when, when, when th things happen and people are about to lose their mind because Republican wins or Democrat wins, I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Micah says this, uh, um, why are you puffing and, why are you huffing and puffing? What, what, what's your problem? I mean, Jesus is still King Jesus. Am I? So if he's still King Jesus, it doesn't matter who it is. Jesus is the King of Kings. So when we, when we think about it, wonderful counselor, and long before Jesus was born, the son was given. Long before the baby was born in the manger. The son was given. And, 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 and Colossians 
chapter 1, verse 15 to 20, just take my words for it. I'm a pastor. Take my words for it. It says Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Which means, how is it that the child to be born is yet the firstborn of all creation? That makes it's, it's, it's axiomoronic. The, 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 the child to be born, he is the first one. As a matter of fact, in Colossians 1, uh, um, verse 15 to 20, it says this, everything was made by him and through him. John said the same thing in the Gospel of John. The same child to be born is the author, is the creator of the universe. You, you think how much God think, you see how much God think of you? God, Tony Evans, again, I said this all the time, my favorite preacher. Tony Evans says this, God took a selfie and that's Jesus Christ. If, G, if God were to take a selfie, that's Jesus Christ. In other words, God took a form of a man and the person of Jesus Christ and came down for you and I. Wonderful counselor. Now, um, when we talk about wonderful counselor, the question is simply this. What makes Jesus so wonderful as a counselor? I mean, listen, my sister-in-law is a psychologist. My wife is a clinician. So I'm very familiar with what counseling, with, with what psychologists and counseling people provide. I'm very familiar with this. As a matter of fact, I studied biblical counseling in, in, in seminary, so I know. But what makes Jesus so wonderful above all the counsel? See, there's Jesus counseling, and everybody else's combined means nothing. So the question for, for application, and then I'll, I'll do four things, and I'll take my seat. What makes Jesus such a wonderful counselor? Even before I get there, I found this illustration in, in course Crosswalk, uh, um, crossway, one of those uh, um, thing, and, and it says this: A man fell into a pit and couldn't get himself out. A Christian scientist came along and said, "You think, you only think you are in a pit." A Pharisee said, "Only bad people fall into a pit." A fundamentalist said, "You deserve to be in the pit." A charismatic said, "Just confess." that you're not in the pit. A social um, gospel pastor came and said, we brought you some food and clothing while you were in the pit. A Calvinist said, there is no uh, um, there is no accident, you know. An optimist said, things will get better. A pessimist said, things will get worse. A Haitian said, you know what you did that got you there. Jesus came along and just grabbed the person's hand and pulled him out of the pit. See, the thing about it is this, everybody seems to have a counsel that fits a narrative. But Jesus, he is able. He is able and is counseling, not just to give you counsel, but to do something about it. Ooh, let me, let me, let me lose my time. Jesus is able to do something about it. So what makes Jesus such a wonderful counselor? Four things. Look, look, look. I'm going to post them and we're going to go one by one. Four things. He is knowledgeable, say it with me, knowledgeable, helpful, available, priceless. Number one, knowledgeable. See, Jesus knows everything about us, past, present, future. See, for someone to counsel you, when you sit, if you meet with me for some counseling, first thing I have to do is somewhat what they would call an intake. The intake is where... I'm gathering information. Before I can tell you anything, I have to know all the details. 
I have to know everything. And, and sometimes I, I tell people this when, when, when I do premarital counseling, I said this, I, I said this to people, disclaimer. This premarital counseling will be as good as you allow it to be. Meaning this, if you tell the truth, then I can help you. If you hide some stuff, then I'm only going to be able to help you based on the information you provide for me. <laughs> can I, can I tell you something? Our God, our God, even, even what happens to you yesterday or last year or 10 years ago and what happens to you now, what's about to happen to you in the future? He knows. He knows. Jesus knows everything about you and I. There's nothing that Jesus does not know. Matthew 6, 8 says this. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need even before you ask for it. Jesus knows everything. I, I love this, this, this old song. Jesus knows all about our struggle. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. See, 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 I, I, I have, um, I have some friends where there is nothing that, you know, we talk about everything and anything. And, you know, and it gets to a level to where there's no, you don't have to be cute about it. We can say, hey, how are you doing? Like, don't, don't, don't give me the Christian is, just tell me exactly what it is. We get to that level. But some people, you don't know, some people you have to be careful how you go around them. Because you don't want to go tell everybody, you know, what's going on with you. But, 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 but see, with Jesus, you can tell them everything. See, the thing is, even before you tell them, he already knows. So I have this philosophy with my kids. You know, uh, um, most kids we hear, most younger ones, you just know this. Your parents knows everything. Yeah, your parents knows everything that you've done. So don't lie. Tell the truth up front. That's what I tell, my, that's what I tell people. I, because I, I know if you misplace something, I know where I place it. So when I come and ask you, did you move it? Tell, tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth. If you don't tell the truth, your siblings don't tell the truth tell, on you anyways. So might as well tell me now. But see, with Jesus, he says he's knowledgeable. He knows everything about you. You best to tell him. He doesn't have to assume, but he knows. He knows everything. He knows our past. He knows our present. He knows our future. Because he's knowledgeable. Because, again, the whole world, everything that in the, in the world is in his hands. So then, trust in this God. Trust in this counselor. You don't have to, to, to fake it. You don't have to try to do anything else. But no, no, trust this counselor that he knows everything about you. Have you ever take some time to sit about what it be about your marriage? What it be about your education? What it be about your children? What it be about your finance? What it be about a job? Have you ever sat down and said, Jesus, I want to know what you think about this? I firmly believe if we were to really take the time to talk to Jesus and listen to his counsel, some, a lot of problems we, we are in, we would not be in it. Because he knows everything about us. See, he, not only that he knows, not only that he knows everything about us, he's knowledgeable, but here's the thing. He doesn't just know to know. He is helpful. Say it with me. He is helpful. So, because... The wonderful counselor that Jesus is, he doesn't just gather information, but he's able to help you. Um, 
Have you ever met somebody, you know, um, who needs help? And they come and tell you everything that, you know, that's going on with them. You have no money on you, you know, and you're not a psychologist or you're not a medical doctor. And, and all you can say, you'd be like, you know what, let me pray for you. But see, with Jesus, when you got something that's going on with you, Jesus, he is able to not just listen to it, but do something about it. See, that is the difference between Jesus and, and, and all other counselors. Jesus, when, when he chooses to do something about it, uh, I guarantee you, there's no devil in hell that can change that. Because Jesus, he is, he, he is helpful, he is able to do something about it. John 6, 69, um, Peter gave a testimony, and he says, where else we're going to go? See, see, the thing for you and I, we think that we can go somewhere else. But no, 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 listen to the testimony of those who have come before you as far as what Jesus has done. I just shared with you what he did, what he did for my mother. And, and if I were to tell you the whole story, my mom was in Haiti chilling. Like, you know, she, she was in Haiti chilling. My brother went and my mom couldn't breathe properly. And then my brother called and said, um, um, my mom can't breathe properly. I don't know what it is. We, we, uh, you know, we're going to catch a plane. Come. When she comes, find out that all of her arteries were black 80%. So she literally, literally when the doctor met, met, with, met with my brother and, and I was on the phone, doctor says this, my mom could have had a heart attack and just die at any given moment. But he did not because when Jesus wants to help, when Jesus, when you bring your counsel to Jesus, when you bring your issues to Jesus, he's not only listening to it, but he's able to do something about it. See, the problem with you and I, we do not bring our burden to God. And, and, and Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine, 29, it says this, come to me. All who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. How many of you are dying, are carrying this, this, this load where you feel that you, 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 you feel that you can't move because this thing is too heavy on you. But Jesus says, come to me. Bring it. If it's a marriage, bring it. If it's money, bring it. If it's health, bring it. If it's finance, bring it. Whatever it is, bring it to him. And he says, guess what? I will give you Rest. This rest here is not just any kind of rest. It's physical. It's emotional. It's mental because Jesus provides rest. Anybody needs rest this afternoon? The issues of life, the things that are burdening you, the things, the, the, the things that, that, that shackle you. Jesus says, bring them to me. He says, take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you and lean and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus calls us to, to come to him because he longs to save us. He longs to lead us. He is the great shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. No matter what, no matter, um, no, no, no matter what, he is the shepherd that says, I'm willing to put the 99 aside in, in a safe place to go after you. Come to the shepherd. Come to this counselor. He is helpful. 
And speaking of Jesus being helpful, no one has ever come to Jesus and regretted. There's a little song in Creole. Um, for those of you not in Haitian, God bless you. Pourquoi j'aime les gens qui prennent des décisions pour servir bon Dieu pour les autres? There's never been someone who make the decision to serve God and then be shamed for serving God. You may be hated on earth, but you get your crown in heaven. Come to Jesus. He will help you. Come to him. There's, there's a song that I remember uh, I'm learning uh, a couple of songs. It says, come, come to him. Come, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and me to come home. Come home to Jesus because he will help you. Not only we find that Jesus uh, um, is, is available. Uh, um, not only we find that Jesus is knowledgeable, Jesus is helpful, but thirdly, he is available. It's one thing to find someone that's knowledgeable and also helpful, but it's another thing to find someone that's available. See, Jesus is available for you and I at any given moment. Jesus is available. The thing is this, we are living under the assumption as if that Jesus is not available. You know, um, a couple times this happened to me, I have good news. And then I would call my wife before I stop and pray. And then I remember calling my wife one time and says, oh, I got that, that, that. My wife says, did you pray before you called me? And I said, oh, let's, let's stop and pray right there. See, because the thing about it is this, we think that God is not available. Even, even in our good news, even when we have issues, we're trying to call everybody else first to see who can give us some money, to see who can help us with the issues, and so on and so forth. But have you stopped with the issue, with the problem, and said, Jesus, the wonderful counselor, how would you counsel me in this issue? Before you call your, 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 your girlfriend that's going to give you bad advice. Before you call your friend that's going to give you bad advice. Before you call your homeboy that's going to tell you, drop this, whatever the case may be. Have you spoken to Jesus? Have you called, have you called on Jesus? See, the thing is this. We don't call on him because we don't think he's available. We don't call on him because we think that our friends, our siblings, our people are more liable than, reliable than Jesus. But no, no, let me tell you this. There's no drugs. There's no alcohol that's ready, that, that's more available than Jesus. See, people, some people, when they got issues, first thing they do, they go to some substance to kind of help mask the problem. I got good news for you. You can be substance free this afternoon. Because you can just call on Jesus because he is available. He is available. See, the thing is this. He is available, not just kind of any availability, but he is available to wipe the issues, to clean you out. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. See, some of you, some of you, I know what it is. It's not that Jesus is not available. You say, I don't feel him. No, have you confessed? When was the last time you confessed? 
I don't feel Jesus. I come to church, it's boring. I don't feel Jesus. Whoa, have you confessed? Because see, here's the thing. Sins will keep Jesus, sin will keep, sins will be the bridge, sins will burn the bridge between you and Jesus. Sins will make a stop between you and Jesus. But I got good news. If you confess your sins, you don't have to, the bridge will be built. Confession is good for the soul. Confession restores your relationship. Confessions allow the good counselor to be able to minister to you. We have a confess. We don't confess. We're holding on to things. Some people said, well, in 1999 and 2000 and whatever year, you're still holding on to something. Have you realized this? Some of you are holding on to some grudges of things that happened in the past, but only you holding on to that. The person who offended you, they, they don't move on. But Jesus, if we confess, if we confess, he is available. He's available to, 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 to forgive. This afternoon, don't Go back home with your sins unconfessed. The wonderful counselor, he's available to do something about it. We see this, this counselor, this counselor is not only knowledgeable, helpful, and available, but we see lastly that this counselor is priceless. Um, I know what billing and medical code looks like. Um, I've done some, I've managed hospitals while I was in graduate school. So for you, you're, if you go see a counselor, if you go see a psychologist, uh, um, either your insurance got to pay for it, that, you, that takes money out of your, 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 your employment, from your paycheck, or you pay out of pocket. And, and, and there's hefty um, billing that, that, that's given because the insurance got to cover the doctor's fee and, and you have to put the code. doctor will put a code. If you see somebody with, with some kind of disorder, they put a number and the insurance recognize this number and based on that number, the insurance will say, I'm paying 80% or 90% of whatever that fee or whatever the, the, the service was, and then the doctor gets paid through the insurance. So even though you go to the doctor, for those of you who are young kids, you go to the doctor and you don't see any bill. No, it's because your parents already prepaid the bill. I'm going somewhere with this. Your parents already prepaid because when they earn a wage, when they earn a paycheck, the, the, the employer take the money on top out of their pay. They don't even see it. They take the money on top. And so now when you go to the doctor, even though your parents may pay or copay or nothing, but, but it's simply because your parents already prepaid the insurance for the doctor to be able to see you. As a matter of fact, if I want to push it, you got to be a network. If you're not, if you're out of network, you pay more money. Yo, yo, y'all follow with me? Are y'all with me? Now, when it comes to Jesus' counsel, it is priceless. One of the reasons it's priceless, the only reason it's priceless, is because Jesus came and died for you and I. He paid the price with his own blood. So which means that everybody who needs counseling, everybody who needs a counsel from Christ Jesus is free of charge. Because it says this, Jesus paid it all. You don't have to 
pay. You don't have to wait to get a referral to see Jesus. All you got to do is get on your knees and call upon Jesus. You don't have to have somebody give you a piece of paper as a referral to see him. You don't have to have network to see Jesus. All you got to do is call upon him because he says this. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be delivered. Call upon him because he's priceless. He costs you and I nothing, but he costs God the very best because God had to give, had to sacrifice Christ for you and I. I know we're talking about the birth of Christ, but there's no birth, there's no birth without the death and without the resurrection. Because he paid the price for you and I. There's a song that's made out of Isaiah 55. And the songwriter says, said this, In my hand, no price I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Jesus took our crown of thorns. Jesus accepted the nails in his hands. Jesus took our punishment. Don't let no one tell you that you cannot come to Jesus at any given moment, no matter where you are. You can come to Jesus and you don't have to pay anything for it. You don't have to pay anything for it. Um, as I bring this to a close, they said this, um, Socrate, in French, Socrates, for those of you in English, some of the greatest philosophers in this world, so Socrates, he taught for 40 years. Plato, those are the people who shape how we do things, philosophy, I would think. Plato taught for 50 years. Aristotle, um, Aristotle taught for 40 years. Between the three of them, it's 130 years. Jesus taught for three years. And, 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 and yet, the influence of Christ's three-year ministry infinitely transcend the impact left by those three great men combined. See, the greatest philosophers in the world cannot compare to Jesus. The, the, the illustration goes to say this, Jesus painted no picture, yet the finest painting of Raphael or Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci received their inspiration from him. Jesus wrote no poetry, but Dante, Milton, and scores of the world's greatest poets were inspired by him. Jesus composed no music. Still, Hayden, Handel, Beethoven, Bach, Middleton reached their highest perfection of melody in the hymns, symphonies, and oratios they composed in Jesus' praise. Every sphere of human greatness has been enriched by the humble carpenter of from Nazareth. See, Jesus' is Jesus' teaching is unique to humanity. You said, well, Pastor Perry, how can I get Jesus' wisdom? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Open your Bible. If you read your Bible daily, you're going to get the wisdom of God. You're going to get the wisdom of God. You says, how am I supposed to know what to do? Simple. Read your Bible. Listen to good Bible preaching. Read your Bible, listen to, pray, listen to Bible preaching. If you read your, because when you read the, the, the word of God, that's you imparting the word of God, the wisdom that, 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 that is in him, to him, due to him, through him, by him, you imparting, imparting that into your life. 
Bible says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when you read the word of God, you are now amassing the wisdom that God has to offer. You need counsel. You need to know what to do about life. Open the, open the Bible. I know, I know we have some, some fine, uh, 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 um, um, counselors, some fine people. As a matter of fact, if you go on, 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 on Instagram, on Reels or whatever it is, people giving their thing, whether it be Beyonce, Jay-Z, and, and, and they may say some good things. And look, my favorite is Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey is the doctor of relationship, doctor of love. He gives relationship all the good advice, but guess what? Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey's, uh, um, wisdom does not, cannot compare to God. Don't go around and say, Steve Harvey said this. No. What does Jesus say? Learn what the Bible says. Don't go say, Jesus said this, or or, Beyonce said that, or whomever said this. No, no, no. No, Cardi B, she's not a prophet. No. She needs Jesus herself. Don't go around and quote them and say, oh, they said, no, no. I I know we want to be popular. No, you want to be popular? Get, get Get in the word of God. Because the word of God has given you counsel for life. You want to know how to be a good wife? Read the word of God. How to be a good husband? Read the word of God. How to be a good son? Read the word of God. How to be a good man? Read the word of God. How to be a good woman? Read the word of God. How to be a good Christian? Read the word of God. You want to know how to live life? Read the word of God. It's priceless. You ain't got no, you, you don't have a hard Bible? Bible gateway. Whatever it is you want to be, read the word of God. You want to be a doctor? Read the word of God. Let the word of God dictate to you because most important part is this. You can be world famous. You can be world renowned. But if you do not have Jesus, you have nothing. There's no greater counsel I can give you than telling you to take Jesus. Take Jesus. This afternoon, I'm done. I'm done. This afternoon, don't leave this place without the wisdom that Christ offered. Understanding is this. Christ's wisdom, understanding is infinite. His counsel is priceless. The depth of his wisdom cannot be measured. There's no counselor like Jesus. Take him to be your counselor. Renounce your own understanding. The world tells you, trust yourself. Do you. Boo, let me tell you something. Boo, bae, whatever you are. Don't do you, do Jesus. Renounce the counsel of the world. But receive the counsel of Christ. Let me say this again. Renounce your own wisdom. Don't do you. Don't do bae. Don't do everybody else. Do Jesus. Renounce the counsel of the world. Take on what the word of God has to say. Take Christ as your counsel. And this season, as we celebrate Christmas, he is the wonderful counselor. There's no greater counsel that you're going to need than the one who call himself the wonderful counselor. Would you bow and join me in prayer? Father, we bless you. We bless your name. We thank you for 
reminding us that as wonderful counselor, you knowledgeable about us, you are helpful, you are available, and you are priceless. May we go home reminiscing upon this word that there's no greater counselor than you. You are the wonderful counselor. Be that in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.